This is Danny Gould, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. But you need that. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, we have a massive show for you this week. Fangirl and I covered the Fashion Meets Music Festival in Columbus this past Labor Day weekend. And while there, we got to do an in-person interview with close personal friend of the podcast, Lights. To be a person that writes their own music in the pop world, you're kind of living this weird double life. Yeah. And people don't seem to either want to let you do it or don't want to think that you do it. And, and unless you have a number one hit song or like a song in the top ten in the States, you're... Your argument's invalid. we hear more from Lights in just a bit. Had a great chat with her. She's just so much fun. Also, we have professionally created comedy for you. Two stand-up comedians from Cincinnati both released albums earlier this month. They are Mike Cronin and Alex Stone. We'll hear clips from both of those albums out of a dumb bit, so you get some nice, quality, professional comedy there. We also have the Song of the Week. Song of the Week comes from a band that was also at the Fashion Meets Music Festival. They're going to be your new favorite band. They're called Northern Faces. They're from Albany, New York. But first, let's start with the comedy, and that would be courtesy of Mike Cronin and Alex Stone. So a couple of weeks ago, a couple of comedians here from Cincinnati, Mike Cronin and Alex Stone, both very funny dudes, uh, started out about the same time, about, I want to say, eight, nine, ten years ago. Alex, of course, has been on the show before. I've interviewed Mike for Cincinnati City Beat, and actually, Alex has been on the show twice. He was uh, on an episode uh, that we recorded right when he was just about to move to Chicago, or move from Chicago to New York, and then he um, was also on the Brouhaha Live one that we did uh, last summer. So anyway, uh, we'll start with Mike's album. Mike's album is Hot for Too Long. And uh, Mike works a little bluer than Alex, so it's kind of hard picking out uh, a, a track. that I. But I, this one happened to be the, what I thought was the funniest one anyway. And, uh, you know, because there might be younger people listening, what with the, the lights and the Fashion Meets Music Festival coverage and all that. So anyway, uh, Mike, uh, his nickname is Meat, kind of a big fella. And uh, sweet as can be, very funny. He's just gotten funnier over the years. And uh, this is uh, from a track called Drinking from his new album, hot for too long. I got a DUI because I live here in Ohio and that's what we do. <laughs> Weird place to clap. Uh, I blew a point two four eight in my breathalyzer, which is too much. Uh, that is so much. To put it in the perspective, you would have taken my drinks at night and divide them up equally between three different people. They still would have all gotten DUIs. <laughs> It's very expensive. I lost my license for a year, but it was worth every single penny because uh, I got to see the greatest court case of all time right before me. This guy beat up his neighbor when the judge said, Sir, how do you plead? He said, First off, I hit her. I did. But I want to tell you what's because she stole my damn pork chops. He said it with the confidence, like his next line was just going to be like, So I can take off, right? We good here? The judge was going to be like, oh, yeah, I was worried there's a pork chop thief involved. Case dismissed. Come on, get out of here. We ought to be tracking that bitch down. What are we doing, fellas? Yeah, so this guy pleads pork chop. Now, if you think about a pork chop as the least expensive cut of meat, it's basically a hot dog in steak form. 
And my favorite part of the story is as he's hitting her, I'm going to guess with the pork chops, the other arm is dragging out a futon they let her borrow, which made sense to me because we all know the best place to enjoy a hot dog steak is a couch bed. So that works out. I went to the Jersey Shore last year on a family vacation, which if you ever get the chance, go ahead and get it because it sucks. Here's why I hate it. I got a ticket there for drinking on a beach. Apparently, it's illegal to drink on a beach. I've been misled by every Corona commercial I've ever seen. <laughs> you know how they caught us using night vision goggles? Are you <laughs> me? Night? I'm not part of a drug cartel cooking meth on the beach. I'm just trying to get drunk enough to hang out with my family. <laughs> I didn't realize that was such a crime. You had to send in SEAL Team 6 to give me a zero dark $80 ticket. This is... <laughs> This is bull. Mike Cronin from his album Hot for Too Long. You can get that in iTunes and all the usual places you get comedy CDs, as well as Alex Stone's new CD, which is simply titled Hello. Now, uh, boy, we're going to track off Alex's CD was tough. I was listening to it on the car ride back from my uh, full-time job, and I was like, that's the track I'm going to play. No, that's the track I'm going to play. But I settled on the track called Basement. Um, it, it's very funny, but uh, two things you should know. Uh, one thing, there are even funnier things on the album, which are just hysterically funny. This is also hysterically funny, but I chose it because it kind of has a, a music flavor to it. You'll see what I mean in a minute. And I figured, you know, we're interviewing Lights with Song of the Week from Northern Faces. It would fit right in. So here from Alex's Stone comedy album, which you can find, again, anywhere you find comedy albums, this is Basement. Mouse or no mouse, I love that apartment. I love basements, right? I've been living in them for a while. Lived in a lot of them, too. That one and my parents, but... I liked it down there. Here's a quick aside. When I was in high school, I was in a band. Uh, I can't tell you if my band was any good, but I can tell you that the name of my band was Trying For Tomorrow. So... We were terrible. Uh... I sang and I played guitar, and I was not good at doing either one of those things, so that should paint a pretty good picture for you. But like I said, I lived in the basement. My band practiced in the basement, so my band practiced in my room, and one day we thought it would be a pretty cool idea if we were to write all of the lyrics to our songs directly on to my bedroom walls. So that means, to this day, my parents' basement walls are covered from top to bottom with lyrics of songs that I wrote while I was in high school. If you just walked down there now and didn't know what was going on, you'd just be like, oh, man, your dad is really working through some stuff right now, huh? I don't know who this girl is, but I don't think she's coming back. You should let that go. This is just sad at this point. I have to stay there sometimes when I come back to Cincinnati and I have to sleep in my old room inside the most angsty time capsule of all time. Where at this point, I feel like the walls are just making fun of me, right? They're like... Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, are you asleep? Or does, quote, the sound of being alone still keep you up at night? Oh, you melodramatic little poet. Why don't you wake up? Come on. My mom will yell down the stairs and she'll ask me questions. She'll be like, hey, honey, do you need anything? And I'm just like, yeah, mom. Therapy, 12 years ago is what I need. How did you miss it? The writing was literally on the wall. I don't understand... Alex Stone from his comedy CD. Hello, get it in iTunes, get it anywhere you get comedy CDs, as well as Mike Cronin's Hot for Too Long. Now, on to our interview with Lights. Lights is a talented performer who hails from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and I feel compelled to stress this again, as I always do, that uh, my affection for Lights is not because she's very pretty, which she is. You know, it is more of the fact that she is, one, Canadian, and two, and more importantly, tickles a gnarly synth. 
and she was sweet enough to talk to us at her hotel uh, right there in the empty bar there at the hotel in Columbus. Uh, me and Fangirl chatted with lights. Uh, we, she, she hugged us. She remembered us from the last time we interviewed her. She's just, just the sweetest person. And uh, here is our interview with lights. Okay. Well, I use it for uh, writing songs all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, comedian friends told me they just use their notes now to write songs. Yeah. Or to write jokes sure, right. That's yeah, so yeah. funny. I use it for everything. I get a melody. I'm just like... In a bathroom somewhere in a hotel. I came, up, I came up with the melody in the middle of the night one night, and I just sang it into the phone. I'll never write I do a that, song. I do that all the time. It just popped into my head. I probably heard this before. The weirdest is when you get one in your dream. Like, you dream about yeah, it, yeah. and then you're like, that's the best thing in the world, and you record it and listen to it the next day, and it's like, no, it sounded yeah. better in my dream. Well, Paul McCartney, when he wrote yesterday, he dreamt it. Really? And, yeah, and he, and he, thought, he, thought, for, he thought for sure somebody is, this yeah. is a song I've heard. And he yeah. played it in the studio, and they're all like, Never heard that before. Whoa, I didn't know that, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, a little Paul McCartney trivia for you. Wow. Um, God, so is Rocket with you? Not this uh, trip. Uh, yeah, I was, I was hoping. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I'm going to meet her with my husband in Toronto tomorrow, but it's just like sometimes these festival setups aren't great for bringing a little one. Yeah. We don't even have a dressing room. There'd be no place to put her. And That's oh. true, yeah. yeah. I, I had to find that out accidentally yesterday. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I like got lost during Ludacris and ended up in the buses, but like no one cared, and I'm like, oh, God, I have to look like I know what I'm doing. Like, oh I was afraid gonna be like kicked out of the whole thing. Yeah. Just kind of like, like bumped into machine heart. I'm like, help me out of here. I don't know where I'm going. If you know, if you lo- make it look like you know where you're going, you can get anywhere. Well, she had a media. I was crazy. So scared. But, but like, I still feel like I should be allowed by law. Yeah. Like in the bus, that was well, that, yeah. that's hilarious. That was strange. So, oh, so what's a new album coming up out soon, or are we still? working little machines out well there it's funny I was just kind of trying to arrange a track listing for the spinoff of Little Machines oh cool uh, it's not quite acoustic it's not full but it's kind of this paired back oh, okay. midnight version of Little Machines and oh, okay. it's awesome neat I'm really excited I actually don't know when it's going to be coming out there's like you know we're still in mixing and mastering and that kind of thing but Oh, okay. So that's that'll cool. be the next. Uh, I was going to ask you too, because um, there's a lot of like synth pop bands I followed like back in the day, like OMD and Depeche Mode yeah. and Human League. They all kind of like were all real synthy, and then gradually they kind of brought some guitars into it. And of course, being married to someone who's in a rock yeah. band, and you played guitar before. Yeah. Do you ever feel like bringing guitar back in a little bit down the road, or are you? Just... I've always had guitar in. Believe it or not, in almost every song on the listening there was guitar. And actually, Siberia is probably the least organic of the records but with Little Machines too there's almost guitar on every track and there's live drums and I think it's so important it there's a life to live instrumentation that you can't really capture in synth yeah in, in soft synth and MIDI and stuff but um, I've al- I always love that side of it and I'm always going to have that part of it I, I've, I've always really loved the, co- the combination of the two right exactly um, yeah. so just straight synth is like a little dead sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back when Depeche Mode and OMD were doing it, it's still hard synth and analog stuff. So you're still right. real sound waves, and yeah, it yeah. still sounded good. But now there's it's all soft synth, all MIDI. Everything's quantized, and it sucks the life right out of it. People even, you know, MIDI out and and program fake drums. There's not even sometimes real live drums on it. It's fake live drums. Yeah. Um, and I, there is something really real about having real instrumentation on it. It makes a difference. Yeah. Um, we were talking last time about you possibly doing a cover of Don't You Want Me. <laughs> I love but, that um, song. I, I think a song is called Anola Gay by OMD. I get this a lot of thought. Okay, what, yeah. which song? What song? Anola Gay. Ah, uh, yeah. So I think people would recognize it, but it would yeah. still be something people wouldn't know. Yeah, that's the trick, yeah. right? With the, with the cover. Yeah. You need people to know that it's not your song, but 
that it's not the most often covered yeah. song. It's newer. But, I, but I think with it, yeah. oh, that'd be that'd a good be one cool. too. We were going to yeah. do Bizarre Love Triangle for a long time. Oh, that'd be cool. We like play it when we're rehearsing and stuff, but we never oh, actually fall through it. it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Uh, let me see. I have my old man glasses on. Here, <laughs> my questions here. Um, oh, speaking of your husband, do you ever like guys ever write together? I think we asked you this last time, and you just it hadn't come up yet. That... We actually wrote on his last record together. Um, yeah. He he'd be like, "Hey, what do you do? You have any ideas for melodies for this?" And on a couple cool. of songs, I would throw melodies down, and then we collaborated on "Open Water." I wrote some of the melodies in those verses. He finished the lyrics, and then I sang on half of it. Oh, cool! Um, I think I saw something about that somewhere. Yeah, it was it was cool. It's kind of the first official collab we did and I mean we have forever to do more I guess, I guess we, so, wanted, yeah. we, we do want to do more but like something independent from what his project and my project yeah, is. yeah that makes sense something something separate okay. we'll, we'll get there I think okay and you guys moved to Vancouver yeah oh, how's that yeah, it's amazing it's beautiful have you ever been never been we went up finally got to Canada where'd you go we went to Niagara Falls Niagara. we couldn't oh, get nice. her passport oh. and I called the both countries and yeah. they said all she needs since she's between 16 and 18 it's yeah. a weird age and they said well she just needs her birth certificate and her driver's license interesting and my wife refused to believe that oh. so we didn't we cancelled our trip to Toronto oh no and we weren't going to go to the Canadian side yeah. but we walked over to the border and yeah. said if she has just her license yeah. and they said yeah that'll be fine we're like, oh okay. my back, goodness they gave I didn't us a little that. trouble and I was yeah. so terrified well, that, but they yeah. said no the passport. yeah but they're like no this is fine so we could have gone to Toronto wow I, know. I actually didn't know that See, that's all we could talk about the whole rest of the trip uh, that you were right yeah <laughs> yeah um, I didn't know that. But apparently they're making driver's license now to, to operate as a passport or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there, there's like new security measures on it. Like a North American Yeah, passport. something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. I uh, just interviewed the uh, quarterback of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Oh, my because goodness. Because he went to the University of Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, I didn't or, know yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah. That's a small world, man. Yeah, yeah. He's liking it up there, though. That's so funny. Yeah. Is he, he's in Hamilton, still or Vancouver? He's in Hamilton. He played yeah. for Toronto. Okay. And then they traded him yeah. two years ago, and yeah. he got he the uh, other quarterback got injured, so he started okay. last year, and he's been doing really well. Wow! Yeah, the yeah. Tiger Cats, eh? The Tiger right Cats, right on. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you, Argo. I almost wore my Argo shirt today. Oh man, yeah. that's awesome! You did that last time, though. Yeah. I wore my stand on the record man, but <laughs> that's I remember right. that. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. You wore yeah. that last time. Is a memento for sure. I can't get those anymore. No, no. I, someone still runs a stand on the record man, like independently. Really? Because I I, I, I looked it up on Twitter or something, and it's in a mall somewhere. Whoa. And it's still. I guess I he was able to keep the sign yeah, and yeah. everything. They let him Holy. keep it. Holy! Yeah, crazy. It's just a mall store. Yeah, I gotta find out where that's at. Totally different vibe. Yeah, crazy. Um, here's what I wanted to ask you about too: is uh, you know uh, Lauren Mayberry from Churches. Yeah, she's always on about uh, misogyny, and yeah. she really. Do, do you encounter that a lot? Maybe more so than Bo, because Bo's in a rock band with all dudes. And yeah, I mean, being in a rock band as it is is a lot more of an independent, self-contained writing process. But the, the place I've really I've run into it not very often, but the only place that I've run into it is when you're a, when you're a pop artist, you always end up in different sessions with different people. Your label puts you with different writers and different producers, and and you write. And I write alone a lot too, but that's part of the process. Yeah. It's just finding out the really great collaborations, and I always end up kind of writing the best stuff with people I know. I know have been writing with for years like Togs I've been writing with Tog Seltzer for 12 years and we we write almost all the singles on Lots of Record with him and it's just we have a good rapport but you always end up in new sessions trying out new people and that's when you get you run into those kind of things it's like I walk into a session and the producer's sitting in there and they have 
their keyboard in front of them, their speakers there, they're set up here, all the instruments here, and you sit over there. <laughs> and there's even been times where I was like, hey, can I, yeah. I have an idea. Here, can I take that keyboard? And it's like, no, you go write lyrics, that's your job. Whoa. And and those are the sessions that nothing good comes out of. Mm. And and That's you know you get talks you, about a lot too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get into a session, you just you try to take it over, and then they complain later about that. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm an artist here. Yeah. Like, there's no. I think people huh. just immediately underestimate you if you're in pop music and you're a girl. They think that you just want people to write your songs for you. Yeah. And that's mm. just what that's what they do for a lot of people. A lot of people don't write their own songs. That's weird because you like, but you started that way. I know. That's <laughs> no, the thing. But it's like, like, like you didn't want a singing contest, yeah. which is fine. But, you know, for the people yeah. to do that, like you know, the One Direction yeah, and, and Anali Murs, and that's how that's yeah. how the pop industry works. Sure. So to be a person that writes their own music in the pop world, you're kind of living this weird double life. Yeah. And people don't seem to either want to let you do it, or don't want to think that you do it, um, or you shouldn't be there at all. Yeah. And, and unless you have a number one hit song or like a song in the top ten in the states, your your argument's invalid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, back in the '60s, all those bands they would bring in you know, the Wrecking Crew. To yeah. Record because I, I guess yeah. the Turtles, they were, or was it the Turtles? Did uh, yeah, nobody played on their own records. Then. Right. Yeah, they did. Um, one and of the then songs, they, then they, Man. It was they um they brought in the Wrecking Crew and they did it, knocked it out in a day. They let them do turn, turn, turn. It took them a week. Oh, my and goodness. And the record company was like, you can't do this. Yeah. But. And it's funny how it worked back then, too. I mean, it's getting a little better these days, but back then, people's names wouldn't even end up on the record that played on it. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, just yeah. disappeared, and they got paid a bit of money for it, and that was yeah. it. Well, they didn't even get credit. Yeah, you know? there's that documentary about the Wrecking Crew, and they played on Pet Sounds, the, the Beach Boys, yeah. but in fairness, the Beach Boys were out touring. And sure. Singing. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and when they came back, they did all the vocals. Sometimes they're and, not great studio musicians, though. It's crew. funny. I'm sure. They, I'm sure At the they were. At the time, they probably weren't. Yeah. Because they were, you know, like Carl Wilson was probably still only 16. Playing so, live I mean, is different too. Yeah. Like being a really great musician live is different than being a good studio. Yeah. Musician. I mean, live is all about dynamics and like energy and building off the moment. In the studio, you got to be really consistent. Yeah. Well, another thing we know, just like what OMD told me, they said you know they've after 30 years they've just they, they used to make jokes about how horrible musicians they were. They were light on. <laughs> Sequencers and Andy I mean, look plays. at Rolling Stone. Yeah, <laughs> and but they said, you know, well, after 30 years, we've just by default become good musicians because we've yeah. played But even yeah. with you, we it's can true. already tell the, there's an advancement because when we saw you at the 21st century and you did that version of Savior, we were yeah. like, whoa. Uh, yeah. The stripped down version, yeah. Man. That was awesome. Aww. That was incredible. Well, that's cool you remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. So do you feel that just the relentless touring has proved you as a musician as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I like don't, I don't know half the chords I play. And when I'm on piano, I know maybe maybe a few of the root notes, and I have no idea what I'm doing. It's all by ear, and and yeah. that's what grows after touring. It's not the theory aspect of it. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm better at it. So when you write, do you what do you just pick out a melody or? Just yeah, it's all by feel. It's all like blind. Wow. Um, I just you you get a cool sound you like. I usually start out with a with a beat, and that okay. dicta- dictates the energy of the song, whether it's going to be a slow paced one or a banger. And then you pick an instrument, whether it's a bass or a pad or something, and you just start to play chords. And then the melodies start to flow in, and then you start to layer in the elements of the song. And once you have melodies and the content you're going to write about, that dictates where all the production is going to go. But it's all very much part and parcel of the same trajectory. I always write and build production at the same time. Oh, okay. So, like, you'll hear a certain sound in your Yeah, head. and that can trigger a melody or that can trigger an oh, idea. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, something I wanted to ask you about, too. Uh, I, this girl I just discovered, she, well, not girl, she's actually um, older than you, younger than me. Okay. Lindy Ortega, she's yeah, from yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, I just found her by yeah, accident she's awesome. on NPR. She already has four albums out. Yeah. And I like, and she used yeah. to be on the same label as you. Well, she's on Last out. Gang right now. We're yeah. on the same management. And, oh, okay. Uh, cool. We've been in the same circuit for a long time. She's oh, awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's yeah. a badass. Yeah, she's, she's really good. <laughs> she's got her own thing going for sure. She does. Hopefully, this record does it for her. Yeah. On her, on her fourth one now. So, what other projects do you have planned that you haven't? tackled yet do you do any soundtrack work or you just want to keep doing the lights oh thing? man I have so many big dreams actually oh. I have a lot uh, <laughs> I do I have a lot of um, like visual art that's tying into what I'm working on right now. I love stuff like so, that. So, yeah. Like what oh, yeah. the Diamonds did. That's, I don't know what like, she did. That fascinates me. She did, she did like a whole concept album based cool. off of like how one pop artists have to write with other people. So she wrote with yeah. other people and like created like imagery and like yeah. archetypes to prove a cool. point. Like there were four female really archetypes. Cool. It was so neat. It was that's all based really off cool. imagery. I, I love how like the concept record thing yeah. is starting to come back and it's something I'm in love with and my next one will oh, certainly so have some element of that. I think people are scared of the concept record idea because it harkens to like you know, um, Rush or something where it's this long <laughs> yeah. 10 minute songs and nothing could be a single. Someone on your label hears, yeah, yeah. I want to do a concept record. It's like, no, well, hands off. But it, it's different. It's different now. I think you can be inspired and you can step outside of your body to go into the body of somebody else to write from a new angle and that's oh, yeah, what yeah. I've been doing a lot I love that art meets art stuff because like yeah. you know, Talking yeah. Heads they were all like painters they all studied painting yeah. at school oh, and they were also musicians on the side yeah. and um, was that St. Motel from Los Angeles yeah. those guys were all films in film school yeah, yeah. and they just formed a band as a joke and, it's, and it took off yeah. interesting so you, they can always bring in this, uh, this other art and it's funny too I realized another thing uh, that I'm not I've never really been an album guy yeah. I've always been a hit singles guy yeah I well that's how being, most people are right that's but being in radio that's yeah. why when I was 10, yeah. like the name of the po- podcast is PS Tape Record, because yeah. you sit in my parents' den and yeah. pretend I was on the radio. Uh-huh. So I, would I used to play do that all the time. Songs by other bands, and I would never, like, I would listen to a whole album, like the Beach Boys, the yeah. listening. I listened to oh, uh, cool. Ocean Eyes from Adam. Yeah. I listened to that, wow. like, all the way through. But there's really vaccines. I'll listen to that all yeah. the way But there's very few artists where I'll listen to an album all the way through. I yeah. just make these big mixtapes of. Yeah. Singles. Your favorite songs. That's what yeah. most people do. Exactly. That's what most people so. do. And I think, I think that's what the best thing about writing from a concept is and writing from a story is that it will make the record more interesting yeah and make the record something that you want to see what happens in yeah and I actually have what I have coming is is awesome I can't I'm not I can't talk about it it's so far down the road okay yeah <laughs> we could, could like pet right now we're still that. waiting for uh, the Little Machines acoustic I still don't have a name for it because it's not acoustic I'm working uh, okay. on that right now. <laughs> That's hmm. my project. <laughs> Making cool. a name for this next EP. So how do you have time to like do that, the, the little machines strip down thing? I don't do have you time like, to do anything, but I do I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got Rocket, you got, you know. Yeah, every every day is busy. I think I've only had three weeks at home out of this year. Wow. But, uh, you know. Take, is Rocket going to have her moments on the album like Beyonce and Variety? <laughs> <laughs> she was, uh, there was belly beats on the on Little Machines. Oh. On Portal, it was like a baby belly beat. That kind of inspired the whole yeah. production of the track. Can but. you tell now, does she have any musical inklings? Oh, she does... loves it. Okay, She's so musical. Cool. She she always wants to play drums, and we got this drums, little tiny yeah, drum set. started on drums. Kids, yes. love, kids love the drums because it make noise. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be good at it to make it sound cool. We, we still, we packed away in her bins for when she moves out her 
little drum preschool, uh, yeah. like preschool drum thing. Oh, yeah. I think you got that oh, from Megan, cool. didn't you? Yeah, because I had to be just like my cousin Chase, so then that's I started so doing drums, yeah, and yeah. now we yeah. have my sister doing drums. It's so good. That's I think right. it's so cathartic. Music is so important for mm-hmm. kids to get into, yeah. whether or not I it turns into a career. Her, her first drumsticks, like the Vic Firth, yeah. my first drumsticks. Oh, like, like real ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real yeah. ones. We, They're um, so cute. <laughs> actually, we're doing, I'm doing a collaboration with, with Keels right now. It's like, um, I, I did design a label on it, because I love doing comics about women. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did a little label on it. And basically, 100% of the proceeds of the skin cream, it's only in Canada, but um, of the skin cream goes to Music Counts. 100% of it. And uh, yeah, the whole the goal is $50,000 for Music Counts. Music Counts is an organization in Canada that makes sure young people get access to music. And that's been so important for me. Um, Growing up, I mean, I get on the drum kit and just like play it out, you know? If I was angry at somebody, I would write a song about it. Um, I remember one, this one guy was. We had a date. I was a teenager, and he never picked me up. And I wrote this song called "It Didn't Pick Me Up," and it was great. And then I was able to move on from it. I remember I got in a fight with my parents once, and like wrote what I called the song for your pillow, and I put it on their pillow and like left it. That's your. I was able to get through all of those uh, like emotional minds, yeah. milestones as a kid with music. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's such a healthy thing. I had no musical talent. I wrote terrible, terrible lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I started out with that. Eventually, some of them turned into songs. But, um. <laughs> I remember one night, me and my friend got together and we just drank a bunch of vodka and wrote, put all of our breakup diary notes together. That's and wrote so a song. awesome! And it was it was that. so much fun. My mom never gets it because I'll come home from marching band like really angry, and I'll be like, "No, it was like it was awesome. Like I needed to be angry. Like yeah. the show got better because yeah, I was angry. Totally. Like I'm so glad that I get angry at band because it helps. It's it really so does. it's amazing because. Music is one of those catch-22s where you have to be emotional to make good music. Yeah. And being happy doesn't really inspire an emotional musical moment. So you're kind of in this vicious cycle of of being kind of crazy all the time in order yeah. to keep going. Yeah, our band you... still talks about like our competition like two years ago we got it was one of the double competition days and on the first one we got like oh, yeah. totally gypped and like messed up a bunch of stuff and I will never forget that second competition that day. Uh, we were the best we've ever been. Wow. We're never going to top that. Wow. It's, that's amazing. It's so true. Like we yeah. had to have that like angry yeah. motivation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, like you can be angry so at your instrument though, because like Sophia doing that flute solo, she oh. can't be angry. <laughs> you have to be you delicate for that. Yeah, exactly. you the flute no, you can't. Yeah, yeah. Metal flute. Metal so flute. funny. That should be a thing. <laughs> Let me see if I got everything here. Like, yeah, I think I covered everything here. So we won't hold you any further. We're going to well, get back to the Thank you guys so much. Are you going to make it to the fest? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah she'll yeah. be down front taking pictures. Perfect. Yeah, look for her. Awesome. Right on. Well, thank you guys very much. Great. Great to see you. Great seeing you, love. Very great to see you. I'll see you guys out there. Yes. Yeah, of course. In a couple hours. Yep. Bye, guys. Thanks again to Lights for being on the show. You can catch Lights, let me see here, uh, September 26th in Pittsburgh. Hey, my old stomping grounds at the Thrival Festival. Then she takes a month off, and then starting in November, she is uh, starting, looks like, a, a fall tour, which begins in Austin, Texas. And I scroll down here and look at this. November 14th, Newport, Kentucky. That's right across the river from us. And it looks like Fangirl and I will be doing something on November 14th. All right, all right. So, yeah, if you want this tour date, just go to music.imlights.com forward slash tour. Leave the tour part off and you get the whole website, of course. Find out everything you need to know about lights. Okay, so, again, we were at the Fashion Meet Music Festival. And uh, I'm going to just chop the... uh, the credits out. If you want the credits, you can go back. There's no previous episode, of course. And as Jackie Cation says about her podcast, feel free to go cherry pick, people. Uh, you'll find some other good episodes back there in our archives as well. So anyway, I want to cover a couple of things here before we get to the song of the week. And it is fabulous, I assure you. Uh, so 
Fashion Meets Music Festival. Uh, Fangirl is actually working right now, and she's been way, way too busy to, to, to do the, any of the podcasts with me, which is fine. She's working hard. But um, I think we can agree the Fashion Meets Music Festival pretty cool. The only problem they have with it is that it looks like Columbus doesn't really have a huge outdoor space to do a festival like they do in Cincinnati or in Pittsburgh down at Point Park or I'm trying to think of other places or Chicago where they got that big, two big lakefront parks. So uh, it, it kind of, I think, hurt things in a way because they had to jam one of the stages along Nationwide Avenue, which is where their hockey arena is. And uh, it worked well for some people. It worked well for lights. There's a pretty good-sized crowd for lights. You probably got about five, 600 people. And that was fine. Ludacris and some of the bigger acts, uh, AWOL Nation, too, they, uh, it, they were really packed in along that street. So that was... Um, but, I mean, people dug it, man. And then um, I think, you know, as with any festival, you got to make choices. So... Um, and oh, let me, by the way, say Young the Giant. Fabulous. Boy, they are, they are a festival band if there ever was one. Man, oh, man, were they good. And then, of course, OAR kind of in a similar vein. But um, St. Vincent was the headliner Sunday, and before St. Vincent was Taking Back Sunday. So people uh, watched Taking Back Sunday, but then they ran to see AWOL Nation because AWOL Nation started as uh, Taking Back Sunday was finishing, and then but then people wanted to see and say Taking Back Sunday, and then when St. Vincent came on, there wasn't much of a crowd, but as soon as AWOL Nation wrapped up and they tore the place up on their stage, people ran over to St. Vincent, who was also fabulous. So... But what are you going to do? That's not really their fault. I mean, you have to schedule the festival a certain way, and it's gotten in at a certain time. So, uh, kudos to uh, FM, FMMF, which was the abbreviation for Fashion Meets Music, is that uh, they did bring a variety of bands, and it was very nice. And the fashion thing, people really dug, too. Of course, Fangirl and I, even though she's into fashion, we were, of course, more concerned with the bands, although we did watch uh, a little bit of the fashion things uh, Fangirl did. So, uh, yeah, overall, well done. They're doing it again next Labor Day in Columbus, Ohio, so do turn up for that. Uh, let me see. One other thing before we get to Northern Faces. Uh, I was listening to our sister podcast or sibling podcast or podcast we're friendly with Dad Rock over there at USA Today. And uh, two recent episodes I highly recommend. One dropped, um, well, there'll be a new one as of you listening to this because this drops Sunday and it will have dropped two days ago, Friday. I know what they're doing this Friday. The previous Friday, they did a, an episode on college rock in the late 80s. And usually on one of these things, I'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, that's inaccurate. I would have drove me, it drove me crazy. It did not. The, they were so insightful. Everything they said, perfectly accurate about college radio and the state of pop music and rock music in the late 80s. Spot on. So listen to that, especially if you were in, in that era of music, if you're from that era like me. The second one was a bonus track, which was before that episode. And the title was just Two Guys by the Same Record. And I, I didn't listen to it for a while because I'll get to it when I'm driving around. And I did finally. And the, the premise was, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody, is that they um, apparently, both of them, uh, Jim and Patrick, had uh, bought independently, not knowing this, uh, an old record still in, sealed in plastic, each separately at different record stores uh, within a couple of weeks of each other, and didn't realize that they were talking to each other. They had bought the same record from the 80s, and it was by, you better stay down for this, the Connells. And if you listen to the podcast, you know me, I effing love the Connells. It was absolutely amazing. So I got to get with those guys. You know, the people of this neutral milk hotel those guys are into, I guess they're an Athens band that has gotten rediscovered recently, at least this one album that they did. So I'm going to start a campaign to get the Connells rediscovered. You've got to listen to the Connells if you like your REM, any of that southern alternative college rock, man, you got to go out and find yourself some Connells. All right, that's your homework for next week. And uh, speaking of next week, this show is so big, uh, something fun happened this week, and people thought it was even kind of funny in, in some ways. I don't think it was that funny, but people thought it was really hilarious. And uh, we'll talk about that next week in the dumb bit section. Uh, I think you'll dig it. Everybody else did. But now we are finally up to the song of the week. 
It is from Northern Faces. These guys are from Albany, New York. Uh, they put me in the mind of the 1975 or Kaiser Chiefs uh, or the British bands like that. Um, maybe kind of killer-esque, but um, very much their own sound. And I discovered them because their publicist was smart enough to send out their album to people going to FMM to FMMF. Boy, I gotta, they gotta change that abbreviation. Um, so it's easier for me to say. Uh, but he sent this out to all the all the people attending the festival and said, hey, check out our band. And usually when people do this, it's pretty terrible. But I listened to it, and uh, man, oh man, ten songs of musical goodness. It is so good. So I'm going to play the opening track from the album, which really should be the single. The second song on the album, Wait, 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 is now going to be the single. But um, just chatting to them real quick after the show, uh, you know, the the one the guitar player said, hey, what, what did you think of the live show? And the live show is pretty interesting because they have... Uh, the two guitar players on either side. The bass player stands in the middle. He doesn't do any lead vocals, but he does backing vocals and does these really cool backing vocal hooks. You heard them in the song coming up. And it was an interesting arrangement, and he's like, oh, well, we really pride ourselves on the live show. We're very proud of the album, but the live show is really our thing. Well, here's the good news is if if they're not in your neck of the woods, go buy the album and listen to it. And, and even if they are in your neck of the woods, go buy the album, listen to it, and then go see them live because they're great. Okay, so song of the week, Northern Faces. The song is Cops Come. So long and thanks for listening. (laughs) 